God of the universe, maker of the stars, who am I? Well, welcome to week number three of uh, Life on Purpose. We're so happy to be back here, and I think we are officially active now. So, uh, you know, Dad, Top Dog, why don't you go ahead and uh, tell us, you know, what what it took to to make that happen? <laughs> it has been an interesting month for me because uh, I've it's been a long time since I've been into the podcast mode and learning the uh, the technology. Uh, yeah, I guess that you can teach an old dog new tricks. Uh, so, you know, the, be- the, the great thing is that the best dog to teach a new trick to is an old dog that has continued to learn all his life. So maybe that uh, says a little bit for uh, for me. I don't know. Hopefully so. But uh, <laughs> the great news is tonight, guys, we are live. Uh, we are live on the Internet with this podcast of life on purpose and uh i've been watching today as all of the platforms have been propagating uh people can go to life slash or no life slat yeah let me try that again life dash on dash purpose dot captivate dot fm or they can just go to joinedtohashem.org, and you can get to our website there. Uh, we are right now on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, iHeart, and a uh, number of others that, uh, I, you know, if you're, if you're, you know what those are, we're probably on it too. So, uh, <laughs> and also, by the way, if you would like to, if a person would like to, as my wife did today, uh, also known as Daniel's mom, wanted to see our smiling faces, you can go on to YouTube, on to join to Hashem, and you can find us and watch us as we do this together. So uh, that's how it's going, guys. What do you think? I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah. I mean, we've got... Yeah, uh, exciting. Yeah, the trailer's up. Uh, the first episode's up. Second episode's going up tomorrow, and we're doing the third one right now. Awesome. Here we go. It's good stuff. I'm excited to see what this third episode is going to be about. It's going to be good. I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah, I am too. Well, especially since, uh, you know, I I could probably just kind of sit back and, um, and take a little nap here, which is is something that I might need to do after uh, after all this, but that's also the thing with age. Uh, I get to listen to a testimony that I've actually been able to watch lived live out today during these uh yeah what did i just say a testimony that uh i've been able to watch in the last um oh few years and uh one that i never get tired of listening to and that is the testimony of ryan cribs so uh you took a week off last week everything go fine with uh getting the transitions with the the passing of your grandma yes yes everything went very well uh, better than expected, actually. So that was uh, definitely a blessing. Oh, great, great. Uh, so, yeah. Who is who is Ryan Cripps? Okay, tell us the tell oh, us the, the deep dark secrets that, uh, <laughs> no, that you haven't even told your wife. Uh, I don't know about that. No, yeah. I have many of those anyway. Um, so yes, uh, some of you may know me from Exodus Road Band. Um, my whole life has sort of been surrounded by uh, my music uh, from three years of age. 
So uh, at, at three years old, um, my mom and dad put me into piano lessons and they had done the same with my older brother. Okay. Okay. Oh, Thank Ryan, we're back. <laughs> and uh, just, just start us out back there about uh, age three and, uh, and I'll edit it out. Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, so I started piano at age three. My parents put me in, in, the, in that, not because they saw some sort of innate interest in music, but they had done the same with my older brother. And uh, they had learned that it helped with some other extracurricular activities uh, or doing that as an extracurricular activity, I should say, helped with schooling, math and, and that mm -hmm. kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, that's what they did, and they didn't expect us to necessarily make a career out of it or uh, you know, pursue it as much as we did. It was just kind of something that they wanted us to do to at least be able to play some sort of instrument. Uh, and piano happens to be a good, um, for any of you who might be watching and are, are listening and are interested in music or have kids that are interested in music, piano is a good jumping off point, uh, guitar as well. Um, but what you can do is it basically lets you visualize things uh, on the piano. You got your white keys, you got your black keys, and you can kind of visualize things linear in a linear fashion, mm -hmm. I guess, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. uh, and once you kind of start learning how music works, then it's just learning the quirks of the other instruments. So if you mm -hmm. want to then pick up guitar or cello or violin or whatever else, you kind of have that foundation to be able to, mm -hmm. to jump. And so that was kind of their reasoning of, of doing so. Yeah, uh, so fast forward, um, I really started to take piano seriously and, and started to get into um, a lot of competitions and so forth. And um, I discovered quickly that music was like a passion of mine. That's something that I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Uh, and it, that's what I was going to pursue as a career. Uh, so when I was about uh, 16, 15 or 16, uh, we met another family uh, who was doing a lot of stuff with music and so forth and uh, started working with them some uh, and going to some of their music camps and so forth and, you know, helping to mentor other kids that were pursuing music and so forth. And that led to eventually signing with a manager uh, who was out of Provident Records in Franklin, Tennessee. And so I was at that age, 15, 16, thinking everything's coming to be, everything's happening kind of the way that I've oh, wanted it to be. young. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And, and that's, a, that's a young age to, to definitely think that, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and so, but at the same time, it's kind of interesting. I was talking with someone the other day and we were talking about uh, like your early, your childhood relationship with, with God and who God is. Cause I was raised in a Christian household. Mm -hmm. We attended a big mega church, uh, free chapel, pastor Jensen Franklin. Um, in fact, Dave and I both attended the same church at the same time and lived yep. 15 minutes from each other. Literally right uh, near each other. Yeah, it's such a large church with so many thousands of people coming every weekend that mm -hmm. it is very possible to literally go to the same church for many years and wow. never meet that person. And so that's yep, what happened. I wish I could go back and like hover and see like the times mm -hmm. we like passed each other in the hallway. <laughs> I, I try, I, our parents I, talked or same. something, you know? Yep. Yeah. So um, 
and who know we may have hated each other then i don't know <laughs> <laughs> it probably could have happened right you never know uh, but in, in, know. oh yeah exactly you never know so um anyway i was raised in a christian household and uh mike you and, and Daniel, you you guys have talked about this somehow. There comes a point, sort of that like crisis of faith, where yeah. you start like, okay, who is God to me? Not as mm-hmm. not who is God to my parents or my teachers or my siblings, but who is God to me? And uh, I remember I was in my grandmother's uh, library in her like little study area, and uh, she had all kind of books by all kind of different Christian authors and this kind of thing on different topics. And one of them, and for those listening, put your stones down when I say this. The title <laughs> of the book was Welcome Holy Spirit by Benny Hinn. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But that was the catalyst. I started reading it, and I was like, I want to know God like this. I want to have a personal relationship mm-hmm. with the Father, and I want him to be able to work through me. Like, this is amazing. So I remember, I don't know how old I was, probably nine or ten. Uh, I got down on my knees, and I was like, I want the Holy Spirit and nothing happened no like tingly feeling you know the sky didn't open up i didn't hear angels singing you know that kind of thing you know what you think when you're like that age you Mm -hmm. know and uh so i was like well okay i did that you know but it it created this sort of hunger in me where i started really sort of running after god if you will and i wanted i wanted to develop that relationship with him and so um as as time went on and sort of i guess the career quote unquote success started to build up it started to um how do i put this well let's say that you know i was thinking okay this is god moving this is Mm -hmm. kind of the answer to prayer as things are are happening right but little did I know that the tests and stuff were coming because within about a year to two years, everything that we had worked for, my brother and I, because we were, we were in this together. We were doing a lot of duets and you know stage performances together and that kind of thing. Uh, within about a year, two years, all of that was gone. The manager was gone. The contract we signed was gone. And my brother had moved out started working somewhere else and you know there was only the two of us in the house so i'm with mom and dad by myself and now i've spent my entire life working up and building up and perfecting my craft up to this point and now everything's over what do i do okay right you know right I mean? I, i've heard you talk about this and i want to jump in here and ask you a question mm-hmm because that's the first time that I've heard about you reading the book, uh, Good Morning, Holy Spirit by Benny Hinn. And I actually read that when it came out. Uh-huh. Um, amazing testimony. I mean, you can say whatever you want about Benny Hinn, but uh, it was an amazing testimony of a person who was desiring a personal relationship. So do you think that your life would have gone different and that success would would not have fallen apart? If you had not prayed, is the, I guess what I'm asking, do you feel like the, everything falling apart was the, was the answer to your prayer? Yes. Uh, and, and, you know, in an unexpected way, uh, because I can see the thing is hindsight's always 2020. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. I can look back and I can see who I was in those at that time. And had I not prayed that prayer, had I gone on, not started to want to develop that relationship with the father, had I gone on and done everything that I wanted to do, I may be dead now Mm. because the amount of money and success and stuff that comes with that and that lifestyle and the people that you start hanging around and everything, especially at a young age, that can absolutely destroy a person. I talked about this with the youth at Revive. Man was not made to retain glory. Only God can retain glory. We're supposed to be a conduit so that people see our our actions. They see our our excellence and the things we do and the way we walk out before the Father, and they glorify him because of it, Mm. not glorify us. That's a pretty profound statement, guys, don't you think? Mm Mm-hmm. I think so yeah, too. I don't. I don't want to lose the. Um, I don't know the the gravity on that statement because, you know, it just there's so much that goes into that one. You know that you've. It's just the culmination of. It feels like it's the culmination of so much. So, um, you know, like so, Ryan, like as you look back and you know you just see yourself in that situation, like how do you kind of you know superimpose that that uh, that concept going backwards, and how do you like, what would your advice be to someone who might be struggling with that kind of thing of, you know, being in some a similar situation, but, um, you know, not having the tools they need to really, you know, kind of not deflect and just reject the compliments and, you know, that kind of thing, but redirect it. That's interesting. Um, I think a lot of it, it goes back toward ego in a lot of it. Um, and unfortunately, in the society that we live in today, everything is egocentric. I just want to interrupt yeah. you real quick, because actually, I want to say that actually, I think I actually asked you this question before, or <laughs> I was starting to show signs of this as a, again, I wasn't around music, but I actually had asked around because again, I didn't get I didn't perform in front of people, crowds, and we got to perform in front of a large event one time, and I was, like, pumped. I was just super, like, it's almost intoxicating, this just people clapping, and it's really, really loud and stuff like that, and Mm -hmm. you're kind of telling the exact same thing as you told me then, the same thing. It's like, you've got to realize that you just got to let it all go, and you're going back to like what your point was, but that I really, that that was something that really stuck with me because I was new into this. I didn't know what to fame or what that looked like i didn't know what that looked like to be in front of a lot of people like that and you were like ah this is this is nothing compared to what i was doing back in the day and uh you got to realize there's a there's a danger lying underneath all this but uh, sorry to interrupt you there i remember asking you this though yeah uh, yeah right when we started it was pretty crazy no uh and, and you're absolutely right um as i was saying it becomes, you know, our society being egocentrical, it's easy to be like, you know, I'm going to wear these certain clothes because it makes me look this way, or I'm going to even eat these certain foods because people will perceive certain, you know, a certain, I'm going to order this at a restaurant. So it, you know, I perceive to be educated or understand culture or, you know what I mean? Everything goes back to, can be construed to go back to our own ego, if you will. Mm -hmm. Part of that, even coming from the digital sphere, where it's the constant gratification of our own egos to have a certain appearance on social media or, you know, those, right. And what it really comes, I heard this statement today. I was listening to somebody talk about this very subject actually. And they use the term 
They say, we, we have lost the ability to cultivate silence. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's a program in itself right there. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yes. To cultivate silence wow. so that we can actually pray. Every moment is filled with scrolling or video or work or, you know, when, when do we cultivate silence? So mm. I said that to say, for those who might be struggling in that, you know, let's say they're in that spot. And like you said, Daniel, they don't have the tools to understand how to use this, or that's, they've now reached that same spot in their career where things seem to be working out and there's a lot of spotlight put on them. Cult, learn to cultivate silence and reconnect with God so that you can be Mm -hmm. a conduit for glory to be shown to God mm -hmm. and, and not to you mm -hmm. run, you know, run further into that relationship with him mm -hmm. as hard and fast as you can. And it's really interesting here because, um, you know, there's this balance that I know you, you all know about this and, and, and maybe varying ways, but there's this really fine line between, um, you know, directing the glory back to God and knowing that it's not us, but also knowing who you are and what you're exactly. capable of and what he's called you to do. Because, I mean, think about Joshua, like, you know, an incredible warrior that was called to, you know, conquer the land at that point. Like if he walked into every battle, just saying like, I'm nothing, you know, I'm not a warrior, you know, all, yeah. you know, everything like right. he had to still do what he yes. was called to do. And so like that balance of knowing what you've been called to do and knowing that you have, you know, if you've come to this point, like the authority to do so, mm -hmm. but also redirect, like it's, it's, it's a, it's a balance for sure. Oh, absolutely. Uh, hitting on that. I remember I was talking with a gentleman and he was sort of our drama coach when my brother and I would do some of these stage presentations. His name was Dwayne Manning. Fantastic guy. One of the most humble, like just, amazing guys that you'll meet and again would always he was always talking about god and, and everything everywhere you went he was just this like walking example mm. before the mm. father uh, but i asked him one time i said how how can i um if i'm up here and I'm, I'm just playing like a secular piece or or even just a classical piece instrumental how is that glorifying god and he says well it's not about what the necessarily the piece is it's the fact that you're doing this with excellence and people see you and they say, Oh, that was extremely well done. And then when they meet you, they see how you walk with the father and mm -hmm. they see that you portray excellence in all that you do yeah. to glorify the father and that you walk humbly before him. And, you know, at that age, that was, that was big. I, I thought that kind yeah. of summed it up and I'm, I'm paraphrasing. He did a much better job mm -hmm. explaining it <laughs> than I just did. I think. Ryan, but. let me, let me throw something in. And this is, by the way, for those are there listening and watching, um, this is our format. Okay. This is the format that we're looking for. And, um, as I said in the first program, you know, please excuse us as we kind of work out, uh, you know, timing and all those kind of things, but this is going to be our format of, of teaching out of our lives. So Ryan, you're talking about receiving praise. Yes. And this is, this is one of the things that I find is the, is the hardest thing for people to do in that moment. Like David said of, you know, I'm, you're going from 
you know, the obscure person to, to somebody's coming up and tell you, wow, great job. And you did this wonderful thing. And, 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 and here's the religious, the, the religious response. Well, just give the glory to God. Cause it was all him. And, and I look at him and go, no, he could have done better. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Yep. So, th- that, that's great. I like that. You know, like this that. deflecting thing. No, mm-hmm. it was all God. No, no, you were involved because as you guys mm-hmm. have heard me say, God doesn't want to use you. you know, how do you how do you feel when your friends use you? You don't like it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you feel used. Yeah. yeah. It's like you were talking about, Ryan, a conduit. Okay. He wants to flow through you. So yes. when somebody gives you praise, say thank you. Yes. Yeah. Say thank you. Mm-hmm. Be- because yeah. you, you need to acknowledge that they gave you that praise. If you just say, oh no, yeah, don't don't tell me. Yeah. No, you're robbing them. Right. So mm-hmm. learn how to receive praise while understanding that the only reason you're standing there is because of the one who's st- who you're standing in. Right. That would be the best right. way to say it. So go ahead. Yeah. Exactly. Well, to that end, yes, excellence takes effort. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of effort. If we're going to be excellent in what we do, it's going to require the effort. So, yes, when somebody comes to you and they say, you know, great job, that's acknowledging you put in the effort. Mm-hmm. God gave you those abilities and those talents and those gifts and so forth. Uh, but you had to, to be obedient and actually use it and put in the effort. Yeah. So uh, where did which, life take you from there? It, it, it fell apart and um, fell apart. Yep. Yeah. You're, you're living in the basement of your parents' house. If they had one. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no basement, just upstairs, you know? <laughs> okay. Uh, but uh, no, it, it all fell apart. And, and so I became angry with God. Like, this relationship with you da 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 and now everything's falling apart and i don't know what to do and i've spent now all these years perfecting this craft and it, i felt like it had been taken away from me mm. if you will because mm. i had put all my hope in that right actually oh. the scripture talks about where we should put our hope that's true mm-hmm. i had misplaced my hope into mm. that right looking at the gift and not the giver i think right talks about that too exactly um so in that time it was kind of interesting because i had also picked up the cello and i was just kind of enjoying the beauty of that instrument Uh, i think it's just a wonderful instrument and uh i got the opportunity to try out for a youth orchestra that was in gainesville georgia I don't even think it's around anymore. It was only around for a couple of years. Mm. Um, it was the Gainesville Youth Symphony. And so I went and tried out and come to find out I was only one of two cellists that tried out. So, you know, I, they kind of had to pick me, I guess, uh, <laughs> if they wanted a cello section, you know. <laughs> you know. So it was just me and the other guy that tried out, you know. Um, but while I was there, we heard this amazing like fiddle playing coming from this other room and in here in it was this bearded 12 year old uh which for those of you that are laughing i'm not kidding you know he, he had a full beard oh, right man. he's and, he's one of those kids that you pretty much expect that you know what uh, he probably came out of the womb with a beard full beard just yes a raw ready mountain man already exactly. <laughs> I'm telling you. you're just exactly. hoping he doesn't have the spirit of esau yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. that's true he's, and uh, so anyway, uh, we kind of hit it off immediately and became fast friends. 
Uh, so to kind of make a long story short, um, I asked him one evening as we were hanging out, I was like, it was a Friday. It was about to get dark. I said, hey, why don't we go to dinner? He said, I can't because it's getting dark. And uh, we observed the Shabbat and our Shabbat is from Friday night until Saturday night. Never heard of this before, right? Hmm. And uh, so it, my, the light bulb kind of came on a little bit uh, where I, I started to be like, okay, what, what, what's up with this? I want to know more about this, right? So uh, we kind of talked about things, but nothing really sort of set with me, I guess. You know, I didn't immediately like jump into, oh, this is Torah. You know what I mean? Um, but one day he called me and he said, hey, we're about to go on an eight-day camping trip, which <laughs> for those of you listening, you know that that's Feast of Sukkot. Mm -hmm. I'd never been camping before. And Deception so I- 101, eight-day camping trip. Exactly, exactly. It's a great like, you know, line. If you want to get somebody into keeping Torah, is, hey, we're going on an eight day camping trip. That's how they got me, you know. One, so I got mighty my, one liners of messianics. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, so anyway, I <laughs> I got all my camping gear and stuff and loaded it in the back of their van and off we went to, uh, to this eight day camping trip and we get there and I'm dressed in, you know, old jeans with like paint on them and stuff. And, you know, boots that are like two sizes too big for me, you know, whatever. Cause I'm going to be camping, you know? And, um, uh, I start to, uh, when we get there, I start to unload the van and get the tent out and stuff. And he goes, wait a minute, we have to go to service first. And I'm like, service, well, you know, what, what are you talking about? You know, and there's this little building and, uh, we walk up to it and I'm like, well, I, I guess we're going to be going to the, wherever he goes for church or whatever, you know? Now, remember I'm mad at God at this point, right? Yeah. yeah so I he and that. I are not on speaking terms other than like, why'd you do this? Why'd you take this away from me? Right. So small little building, uh, like solid panel doors at the, as the entryway, right? And uh, I walk through those doors, we open them up, I walk through, and down at the end, like straight in front of me, is a dude playing guitar leading worship. Another bearded dude. There's a theme here. Exactly. I see it, yeah. <laughs> well, he stops playing. He looks at me, and he says, you, come here. Now, I'm like, okay, I'm went to go on an eight-day camping trip and now i'm having to go to the service and now this bearded dude stopped playing and is calling me up to the front and the whole place kind of it looks like one of those western scenes you know when they get like the outsider walks into the saloon <laughs> and then the music stops and everybody just kind of turns and looks you know so I, I felt like rango off the animated you know movie with the lizard yeah. so <laughs> I go forward and I'm standing in front of him and I'm thinking, you know, what is going on? He goes, you're a musician, aren't you? And I'm like, yes. And I'm thinking, who told this guy, you know? Uh, I, I go, yes. He goes, you're bitter with God because you had a lot of opportunities in front of you. And you feel like he's taking it away from you. Wow. And you feel like God doesn't see you. I'm here to tell you that God sees you. And he knows right where you are. 
and he put these gifts into you for a reason. And of course, by now, I'm bawling, right? Because the presence mm-hmm. of God has also oh, yeah. just washed all over me. And this guy's just read my mail. And I'm remembering back to all those times I prayed, you know, God, where are you? And, and even back to when mm-hmm. I got on my knees for the first time and was like, you know, I want a relationship with the Holy Spirit. There it was. And that was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And he, he turned to the, uh, the corner. There was a piano in the corner, a keyboard. And he goes, uh, as a matter of fact, you're going to play for God's kingdom. And you can start right now with me. And he points to the keyboard. So I just walked over and started helping this guy lead worship. That was, that was huge. You know, you know, God's got your number when he does something like that. Too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was even going to say that you, it's even like the guy, uh, he uh, cultivated the silence to use what you just said in the beginning there. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. He made room for silence to show up and it was awkward, but then just, I think we, I don't know how many times we've had that happen where just when we were playing a set or whatever, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it could start with just one person yeah. or revive when we've had just one person do something and then boom, it just, it just p- takes off and it just, yes, mm-hmm. fear just falls and it just goes. Exactly. Yeah. There's exactly. There some people I look for in the room, by the way, I, I actually mm-hmm. kind of, kind of key in on people, certain people in the room to judge what the father's doing in yeah. people's lives. Uh, David, one of those is your wife. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I mean, I've, I've watched as all of a sudden I, I, I see Brittany kind of, she's not singing anymore. Instead she's crying. It's like, okay, guys, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I I think, that... um, Go ahead. Dan. I was, I was just going to say, like, I think, uh, you know, there's, a, there's a very powerful simplicity. Um, I mean, in some ways, like, you know, the, the story you just described of walking in, you know, to some people might, that might seem like astronomically huge. Like, how could that ever happen? You know, how could someone know this kind of thing? But on the other hand, there's a very powerful simplicity in that the message within all of that was that God sees you. And, you know, I think that there's a lot of people probably listening to this or just out there that need to know that God sees you where you are. And I mean, I would even encourage people to like pause this wherever you're listening to it, watching it. And like, if that's you who needs to be reminded that God sees you or you need to be, you need to learn. Cause I have, you know, my own testimony that I won't share right now, maybe another day um, of that moment where, you know, it was, it was very similar. You know, someone had a message from God, a gift, Mm -hmm. a gift for me, that was spoken to them from God and it was my God sees you moment. And so, you know, wherever you are, even if you doubt him right now, Mm. I would say, I would challenge you, like pause it, pray that simple thing. God, do you know my name? God, do you see me if you're there? And, you know, one way or another, whether it takes a, a journey of, you know, some stuff happening or whether it's Mm -hmm. the next day, you know, I think uh, he's faithful to answer those prayers because he loves us. And Daniel, yes. you, you just said, you know, the journey, because this is an instantaneous um, society we live in. Okay. Mm-hmm. I remember when my mother bought the first microwave, literally one of the first microwaves. And to see water boil in like, you know, two minutes uh, was like, wow. 
uh, you know, we, we, I, I love to do marshmallows and this is before I ate kosher. Okay. So, but I'd love to do marshmallow in the, in the, in the microwave cause it would blow up, but, uh, yeah. Hey, it was a long time ago. We didn't have Facebook. You had to do something for entertainment, but, uh, you know, uh, that, that was, you know, that was back then. And now it's like, what, what do you mean? It's going to take two minutes for the water to boil. You know, it's, uh, th- th- all this instantaneous things. So when you pray that prayer, and it's, it's, you know, it's not answered by noon the next day. Keep walking. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Keep walking. Right. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, it's interesting you say that because this goes back to our verse uh, that we were talking about today in Deuteronomy mm-hmm. 25, how they were attacked on their journey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they had grown tired. And that's when the enemy attacked. He attacked the ones that were tired. We'll we'll circle back to that. Yeah, but uh, that's mm-hmm. interesting. That goes back to that. I love it. Um, so anyway, it was there that God, I felt, really met me in that moment, and I was so thankful to a lot of the guys that were there at that Sukkot that I later found out it was Sukkot. You know. Because um, they would they would sit there around the fire, sometimes till like three in the morning, and we would just talk about God, wow. and the attributes of God, and the, the things in the Torah, and you know what His law meant, and how it was His heart, and all this stuff. And I was like, I was just sitting there, just awestruck, and it all started to just make sense. It, that deep calling to deep, mm-hmm. and I would leave there, and I couldn't sleep because I mean I. I've just got this revelation and the father's shown up for me like this. So I would go down to the building and just get on my face and pray. And every single night wow. he would show up. It, I've said this one other time, but when I, when I left that Sukkot, I didn't have a vehicle at that time. My parents came to pick me up and I got in the car And we went back to my grandparents' house. And I had been pretty much just stuck. I I try to make a point of not leaving Sukkot's. Once I arrive to this this day, if I cannot leave the camp, I try not to for the most part. I don't like to interrupt that. Because we were literally, I was stuck there. I didn't have a vehicle. My friend didn't have a vehicle. We were we were there, and it was just all being surrounded and completely immersed into this festival of the Lord. It felt so foreign when I went out. You know, we I was in my parents' thing, and we stopped at McDonald's, right? And it just it it was weird. I don't know how to describe it. But the next day, I got up and uh, I didn't want to take off the clothes that I had that had the campfire smoke on them (laughs) because it was that smell of Mm -hmm. this is where God was. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I can only imagine. Uh, There's a verse about that in the book of Acts. that says that, uh, you know, the, 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 uh, the religious leaders of the day, uh, they knew that they had been with Yeshua. Right. Why? Because they had the scent. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, it, it took adjusting. Like it was an emotional switch to come back to just day to day 
mm-hmm. life. You know what I mean? And of course, um, now I was I had come back with this revelation of of Torah. You know, I want to walk out God's commandments, and uh, it changed my life. It, it it really did. And so, to not take this too long to fast forward, uh, I ended up working in Atlanta. And it was while working in Atlanta doing, uh, I was managing a, a gun range and working in doing that firearms instructor, that kind of thing. And, uh, that same friend one day called me, this is, you know, a few years down the road. And he said, Hey, there's a family recording, a CD in Blairsville, Georgia. Would you like to come? And, uh, maybe do some session work. And uh, I had kind of stopped really playing music at that moment, at that time, other than for going back and, and I would play with at that assembly some when I could. It was a four hour round trip to oh, get wow. there and back to that assembly. Um, so anyway, I decided, yeah, I'll, I'll go and I'll do some session work and we'll see what happens. I had been kind of interested in getting back into music, even if it was just for my own enjoyment, mm-hmm. you know, just to play a little bit, write some songs, that kind of thing. So I show up to um, Blairsville. I go in this little house there and in um, walks Tony Boyat and his family and the rest of the what was soon to be the Exodus Road Band. Yeah. We didn't have a name mm-hmm. at that moment or anything. Mm-hmm. We were recording a song. And it was Psalm 25. The words are, show me your ways, O Yah. Teach me your paths and guide me in your truths. And that just washed over me at that time in my life. I needed that. And Now, uh, now Ryan, I'm not going to let you get off the hook with this one, that you had never heard that song. And you no, had never had... heard of these people. No. And they wouldn't let you hear the song prior to that it already had a track laid so That's that you correct. wouldn't be um, influenced by that. And they basically said, just, uh, you know, as, as the song's playing, just play. And yes. that was that that was the take. Yep, that was it. That was the first take. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there in my head as I'm playing because, again, it's just, you know, it's my style, what came out of me. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, I, I hope they like what I'm doing. You know, I'm thinking, what if, what if it's worse than what the other guy did, you know? <laughs> so, uh, I get done and there's a moment of silence and I, I turn around. Tony's sitting behind me. You know, everybody's in the room, by the way, to kind of set the scene up. The, the piano is in sort of the sound room. Uh, and it's sort of just lined out into the, the computer to record it and so mm-hmm. the entire family and everything is sitting in there with you as you're playing so you've got you know a live audience listening to what you're doing you know it's not like you're by yourself in some little soundproofed room you know and so i get done and it's kind of quiet and i turn around and tony looks at me and he goes so you want to be part of a band <laughs> now keep in mind i'm living two hours away from this place as well yeah uh and i'm working in atlanta and i'm working like 70 something hours a week thinking i'm gonna build a career now in the firearms industry so obviously i looked at him and said yeah (laughs) (laughs) i I do want to be part of a band 
I knew what God, I, it was that same spirit I felt when I walked into that congregation at that Sukkot and the father met me. There was that same spirit. And I was like, I know this is right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if there's somebody listening, maybe he's asking you to do something that you're, you know, like, well, I've got to give up this or that or whatever to do it. If you know it's right, do it. Yeah. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. Don't yep. say I can't. I got something for that later as well. We got time. <laughs> um, do it. And uh, I jumped at it. And so I went back the very next day to work. And uh, so I, I know I surprised the heck out of the owner because, you know, they had been giving me all these opportunities and so forth. But I knew that's not where God was calling me at that point. So I was like, you can have my salary back. I want to go part time. You can put me back as a range officer. Uh, you know, all this stuff. And he was like, I mean, OK, if that's what you want to do. And I'm like, yep, that's what I want to do, because I knew God was was calling me to this other direction. And so I said yes you know, to being a part of the band. And that led into me meeting Brooke, of course, my wife. And it was nine months later that we were married. Um, that could be a long story as well. Just to throw this out there for all you young gentlemen and young ladies listening mm-hmm. that are single that are looking for the right one. I was not looking. I was yeah. done looking. Listen, I worked in it, downtown Atlanta at a gun range as a firearms instructor. The amount of eligible, quote unquote, eligible single women that were coming in there that I could have, hey, you know, you want to go to dinner, you know, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And that wasn't me. I knew God mm-hmm. wasn't calling me to that. Yeah. I knew that was right. You can be surrounded by all these people and it not be the one. I quit looking. I was not looking to meet anybody and then yep. in walked brooke and it was like the father going that's the one <laughs> and it's interesting and dave dave told me this yeah. i'm just kind of throwing a few things out there yeah. Dave told me this if you ever feel like she's the one give it all back to god mm-hmm. and ask him if it's not of you destroy it beyond repair Mm-hmm. yeah i remember telling you that <laughs> and that's what i did I, yeah and he didn't destroy it he built it stronger than mm-hmm. i could have ever imagined yeah mm. wow just mm-hmm. to throw that out there's a little side yeah. <laughs> side, side bar there yeah. for sure <laughs> side bar. That, there's another topic okay we, we've got about say, three I, topics I already that we like talked it, about you know. tonight that uh, <laughs> for future programs but mm-hmm. uh and you know if if those of you that are uh, watching you listen um that you've got a, a song uh running around in the, in your head a lot these days after after our program the god of the universe if yes. uh, that's that voice sounds a lot like ryan's uh it is there's a reason it's because that's ryan that's uh, that's singing mm-hmm. that so yes it's been mm-hmm. a blessing yes well, I, I hope it blesses people. That's that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're going to do. Uh, I'm going to do my testimony next week um, because Ryan and I actually have something in, very much in common that uh, our lives both began in a uh, a musical career. Um, I, as a uh, child in the Southern Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida, uh, played little drummer boy one year ah. uh but see that was the that was the beginning and end 
of my musical <laughs> career. I've got you. You know that, that that song that has never made sense to me for one line. It says, "A child, a child, shivers in the cold. Let us bring him silver and gold. How about a blanket?" <laughs> <laughs> From he's cold, he's shivering. Throw money on him. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and here's the crazy thing that today you know that he just showed up for an eight day camping trip. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. There's a tie in. Uh, anybody that's ever wondered, uh, Yeshua was probably born on uh, on Sukkot, I believe it exactly. was during Sukkot, and so mm -hmm. you know, it uh, basically he was there for an eight day camping trip, and it was uh, you know, September, October. Um, it probably wasn't a hotel, you know, it wasn't the comfort inn. It was a, a, a sukkah in the back of a, uh, somebody's house in, uh, in Bethlehem. And, um, mm. if he'd have been given a blanket, it would have been, uh, you know, maybe have a sheep lay down next to him or something. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's right. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> you guys got anything uh, to, to just a question for, for Ryan there. Can you think of anything you want to just put him on the spot with? No, uh -oh. I, I'm good. That was a fun one. That was, I heard some, uh, some points this time I hadn't heard before. So okay. yeah. 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 Well, without trying to go off into a, like a whole tangent topics, cause there's so many that we can go there from just life and that we've experienced now it's like, Hey, cause we get to talk to quite a bit, a uh, few young people and I'll, we'll draw from those experiences, but I'm telling you like a lot of this, there's some really golden nuggets Ryan was talking about there that if mm -hmm. you could grab hold to really I think it really boils down to allowing yourself to be quiet, allowing yourself to do things that you might not think are really that great or fun to do and trust that when the spirit does move, when, or the father is moving you somewhere, just trust it, just fall yeah. into it. And you'll be kind of blown away where you'll go. And you won't really be trying because similar with my wife, I would just showed up and I didn't have to look. I know that there's quite a few that they're, they're looking hard and they're looking. And I understand that. And, but from my experience, if you just keep following after what the father's telling you to do, that's just going to show up. So just yeah. relax, calm yeah. down, relax. Everything's <laughs> going to be okay. He knows your needs. He knows where you, you got to go. Just relax and keep moving forward. I think that's the one thing I really draw from Ryan's testimony. Yeah. Really, of a lot of things, that there's that. that's the thing you've got to remember. Just keep focusing yeah. on him. Keep moving forward, right, Daniel, to me. Mm -hmm. To me, yep, that's right. Uh, that was that was our <laughs> message at, uh, at Life Assembly last week. But uh, I, I got to I got to throw something out, uh, Ryan. Here that uh, do you know that your name's in 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 a book? Do you, do you know that uh, you, there's a heavenly book that your name's written in besides the Book of Life? Enlighten me. Okay. So in the in the last chapter of Malachi, and I read I remember reading the scripture for the first time myself. Okay, I grew up in church, but I'd never read it for myself. And I right. read the first time I read it, this was 1987, probably uh, ancient history that um, <laughs> we actually had to use hard copies because that's all that there was. Um, and I, in the last chapter of Malachi, it says there is a book of remembrance that is mm -hmm. written in the names of the ones who sat and talked about Hashem, about God that feared him and reverenced him and talked about him. Their names are written down in a book, the book of remembrance. Wow. Yeah. That is really good. Yeah. It is. Wow. Well, last chapter of, of Malachi. So we want to get to a, a, a one of the uh, a verse in, in the Torah this week. 
<clears throat> the uh, Torah portion for this week that we're in, you know, cultivate, uh, culminate, yeah, there's the word, on, um, on this Shabbat is, where did it go? Did I just turn the, yeah, I turned to me pages there. We're in the book of uh, Devarim, Deuteronomy, chapter uh, 16, verse 18, through chapter 21, verse 9. It is uh, the Torah portion called Judges, or Shoftim, and uh, there's a verse that, uh, is that the, no, oh, that's last that week. That was last week, that was last week, yeah, yeah I was about to say. <laughs> Or in 25, 25, I, I only do five verse. shows a week, guys. So, no. you know, and I'm, I'm, I mean, what's your excuse? Yeah. No. Yeah. Besides I'm older. Uh, I've slept more nights than you guys combined. Yeah. <laughs> so, Devarim um, chapter, I got to teach on this tomorrow. Uh, chapter 21, verse 10 through chapter 25, verse 19 is when you go out, Hitessa. And um, the, the last, the last verses it, uh, and people can go back and read the context of these of the verse later on and by the way to quote brad scott of ancient of um of um was uh, what was his what's his website wild branch uh yep. brad scott of blessed memory uh he said that the context of this verse is begin at, at genesis and end at revelation that's the context so if you want to read that whole thing again <laughs> but uh remember what amalek did to you on the road as you were coming out of egypt how he met you on the road, attacked those in the rear, those who were exhausted and straggling behind when you were tired and weary. What does that, what does that verse mean to you guys today? Well, I'll, I'll jump in here. There's obviously, I feel like a ton of different places you could go to, but kind of the one that I'm rolling with right now is I think it's interesting that in verse 17, it starts with, remember what Amalek did to you, mm. because that doesn't sound very biblical. You know, if you bring in like Yeshua and his teachings and like the forgiveness and everything and like, you know, how God does not, he does not bring into account, he does not bring into his remembrance the things that he has forgiven us for. It's very strange on its face to say, remember what Amalek did to you, mm -hmm. you know, how they did these horrible things and, and you know, kicked you while you were down, essentially. Um, but I feel like the key is to look at the context, you know, like, like the previous verse and the post verse are, um, I think, the keys here. So verse 16 says, for all who do such things, all who deal dishonestly are detestable to Adonai your God. So it's talking about just people who are detestable or, mm. you know, do things that are not, um, you know, not pleasing to him. And then the verse afterward, it's essentially talking about when God has given you rest, be thankful, essentially. And so it's not saying remember in order to harbor bitterness and anger and you know, bring that to your mind, how they did this horrible thing to you. It's saying, remember, because God has given you rest from that. Remember the journey. Um, so that's, I don't know, that's kind of what I was, where I was rolling with it. Okay, cool. Yeah, cool. I think I'll just chime in with something that I saw from it, basically that uh, to work off what you're saying there, Daniel, that uh, it's kind of almost a promise in a way for your own personal life. It's a promise that if you have not entered into rest and you have not entered all these things, count on you being kicked up while you're down. Count on it. <laughs> know that it's coming. Know that it's about to happen. Because like Ryan briefly shared a little bit, like when he was just when things were starting to go good, the enemy 
has a fantastic way of being able to find that 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 straggler in, in your life and then smacking it down mm-hmm. to either detract or distract you or take you away from them I'm, I'm kind of like looking at it from the perspective of just from you at a personal level mike you said something that is absolutely uh challenged how i viewed the scripture and it's if you're reading the bible like it's uh like it's a historical document you're reading it wrong you need to be reading it like it's addressed to you Like it was a letter sent in the mail to you, because if you're not reading it like that, then you're reading somebody else's mail. And that really just like, wow, I, wow, I never thought of it that way. And so I'm looking at it from a personal level. I know as a, in my personal life and as a band that happens, you're going to get kicked. You're going to get smacked down right when you least expect it. So I think that Ryan had a point on that too. I want to definitely open it back up to you, Ryan. You had a point that you were wanting to kind of breach on that. Yeah, so um, I kind of took this as a, uh, from a, almost a literal tactical stance, if you will. Who was back there? More than likely, the, the infirm, the mm-hmm. very young, and the elderly. Right. And I, something about that kind of struck me. Uh, we actually can look at nature, and we can see how other species treat the elderly. Yeah. And I wanted to use an example here. If we look at the wolves, they've done a mm-hmm. lot of research with wolf packs. Yeah. And they found there's a statistic, and it says that wolves stand a better chance of survival by 150% if there is an elder present in the pack. Wow. If you can remove the wisdom and the experience, then you can weaken your opponent. Wow. Y'all can read into that what you want, those of you who are listening. Mm, that's good. Um, but there's some things we need to tread lightly with uh, mm. moving forward as a people and as a movement and actually as a nation, because you can see how this nation treats its elderly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's true. Just to throw that out there as well. Oh, I'll, I'll give you a. I'll give you an example here. Uh, you know, both myself and my wife, uh, Kathy Dingle's mom, uh, served time in the U- United States Army. Uh, that's how we actually met. We were in. We were both air traffic controllers. Kathy had spent some time in Thailand as a spy. Uh, you know, woo woo. Um, but uh, we were both controllers, <laughs> and we met in Alaska. And so we're both uh, eligible for Veterans Administration. Uh, so doctor, you know, you go to the hospital and stuff. I get a, I go every couple of years whether I need it or not. But uh, she was sitting in the waiting room not too long ago. And she was, you know, talking to somebody because if you're a veteran, believe me, you're, you, you think the regular hospitals, you got to wait? Yeah, really. Uh, so you're going to sit there a little while. And there was a guy sitting there next to her. And they started talking a little bit. And he says, uh, he said, I'm a financial planner. And they just, you know, continued to talk. And he says, you know, the number one um, appointment that I have with people right now is those that are getting, you know, they've they've got, they've had children, their children have moved out of the house. uh, They've got grandchildren coming along, you know, that, that generation. Okay. Uh, He said, those people are coming to me saying, you have to help me plan because I know my children are never going to take care of me. Mm. Yep. Yep. And that's society, society that we live in. The enemy is winning because we're letting this happen. 
Yeah, and nation. so this is the point of this the this podcast that we're doing is to make a statement regarding this concept that the, the the four of us have worked in our lives for a number of years together is uh that that we don't need we need to take an active role in not allowing the enemy to separate us generationally uh in my exactly. testimony next week i'm going to talk about when i was 28 your your guys age uh god gave me a playmate a spiritual playmate he was 84 82 years old and uh that was my mentor and people look at me like you're hanging around with the old guy yeah yeah i drive to his yeah. house every week a couple of times a week just to hang out with him and pray with him and talk about god with him so that's a little bit of my testimony uh one, mm -hmm. one last thing on this for me and i'll turn it back to you guys and let's uh we got to finish up here um you know i i lead tours to israel and bezrat hashem god willing i'll be back in the land in november uh, when we're in the land, it's not really dangerous. I don't, I don't feel danger in most of the places we're at, but I always assign a couple of our men. Um, I'm always up in the front because I'm, I'm leading the tour, all these kind of things. And, but I always assign a couple of men, one in the front and one in the back. And the one in the back, I will, I will get the person, the man that I can count on the most the most trusted man to me in our, within our tour, that will be the person that I assign to the back. And I will tell them, nobody gets behind you. Because that's where the vulnerable are. That's right. You know, a lot of people these days are tired. They're weary. Yes. We've gone through some crazy years. You may be tired. You may be weary. Find somebody. Find somebody that can help you along the way don't straggle because you are a target for the enemy guys closing words yes so um i had a final thing to that as well for those of you who have been walking and you're on the journey and you're getting tired or have gotten tired and you're feeling like i i can't go on or even those like i talked about who've been called to a gift and you say i can't there's a poem that I ran across today, and the title of it is Can't. And it says, Can't is a word none should speak without blushing. To utter it should be a symbol of shame. Ambition and courage, it daily is crushing. It blights a man's purpose and shortens his aim. Despise it with all of your hatred of error. Refuse it the lodgment it seeks in your brain. Arm against it as a creature of terror and all that you dream of, you someday shall gain. Can't is the word that is the foe to ambition, an enemy ambushed mm. to shatter your will. Its prey is forever the man with a mission, and bows but to courage and patience and skill. Hate it with hatred that's deep and undying, for once it is welcomed, it will break any man. And whatever the goal you are seeking, keep trying, and answer that demon by saying, I can. <laughs> That's good. I like oh, that. That was good. I like that a lot. I, I think all my remark is going to be from all this is that I, I uh, everyone goes through issues like this. Everyone goes through dark times. Everyone goes through down times. Everyone goes through that, especially people in faith, especially people like us. And if you're listening to this and if you're feeling down, downtrodden, 
being accused of or being just put down, we're here to tell you that we're cheering for you to say, keep going, keep running this thing because it's going to get better. There is light coming and it is going to feel uh, the Lord. The Lord's always been there. He's always, even in your mm-hmm. downsizing, when you think he's not there, he's always been there. And you're going to experience it soon that he's going to show up in a mighty powerful way. Mm-hmm. I wish that I could just could jump out of this screen right into your computer and just tell you everything's going to be okay and get you pumped up that you can keep pushing through this thing. Yeah. Even when you feel like it's this is the last round in the fight, this is it, this is over. No, it's not. This is when you dig in and this is when you keep going. So like, don't be the struggler that talks about that was falling behind, keep pushing forward. And if anyone's listening out there that sees a friend that's struggling, you get in there and you've you get behind them and mm-hmm. be wary of the attacks that are trying to come after them. That's what I tell you. Just, just keep moving. Just keep pushing forward. It's going to be okay. You're going to get through this. Yep. I totally agree. And I'm trying to pull up and it's not working. There's a verse in uh, Romans 15, one, I think, I think it is somewhere in that area that essentially says like, you know, it's the responsibility of those who are strong to care for those who are weak. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think we're, we're, we're saying that kind of thing here, you know, just kind of, I, I love this mission of the, the wisdom and experience of, of those who are in the older generation, our elder generation, and those of us who are, you know, younger and have the energy and the vision. And I just, I just love this coming together. And I, I, I'm thankful to be a part of it and I'm thankful to see where it's going to go. And, um, you know, to anyone who is, who is listening, um, you know, anything that you've heard in this, any questions you may have, uh, dad, go ahead and tell them where they can shoot questions to. Yeah, we do have an email that's set up specifically for this program. It is onpurpose at mail.com, onpurpose at mail.com. Uh, whether you're on, you know, whatever platform you're on, we ask you to comment, like it, you know, thumbs up, whatever you got to do. That helps mm-hmm. our analytics. Uh, and this is the thing that I'm going to throw to everybody out there now is we're do- we've done the foundational work for this program. Now we need your help. Okay. Whether you're on Apple Podcasts or Google or Amazon or Dog Sled or wherever yep. you're at, mm-hmm. uh, give help us share it as someone said, well, you know, I, I only have a very few people that I, I, I influence. Okay. Well, they may have a lot of people they influence. So share this with people. If you go to, you know, Apple podcast and you put in life on purpose, you get like, you know, 504,000 hits on there. (laughs) So we need you to share it. We -hmm. need you to to share it on your social media pages, talking to your friends, text them our, our information so they can, can subscribe because this program is about you. So if you have questions, you have thoughts, you know, email that mail or uh, on purpose at mail.com. That email comes to all four of us and, uh, and we will respond in, in some way. And uh, so let me close with this, the verse that uh, of course I've had the wrong, uh, the wrong address for it. And Daniel did correct me as uh, any good son did. He did it in extreme humility. by saying, dad, you're wrong. Uh, (laughs) Jeremiah 29, right, Daniel? Yes. Yeah, 29, 11. Uh, (laughs) This is a verse for all of us. He says, I know the plans I have for you, says the creator. Plans for good, not for evil, to give you hope and a future. So in your life, live it on purpose. 
and be strong. We'll see you guys again next week.